You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, Chicago and beyond. Welcome to Fully Alive, the radio program and podcast of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You are listening to your host, Don Fitzpatrick, and my co-host this morning is the Executive Director of the Illinois Catholic Conference, Bob Gilligan. Welcome, Bob. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's nice to have you. Oh, it's good to always be uh, seen after the first of the year. Yeah, for sure. Here we are in a new year. Uh, new hope. New hope. That's what I was told. New right. things going. Um, and we're also, of course, mourning the loss of Pope, De- Pope Benedict XVI. Yeah, the last um, day. It was on the 31st, correct? Um, yeah, I think it was on the last day of the year. Yeah, it was um, yeah. really something. It was like you, you wake up in the morning and hear the news, you know? I know. It was it, Even though uh, we were kind of given the heads up, he was in ill health, and mm-hmm. we were told that. And then and then we were told he was resting comfortably and seemed to be alert, and mm-hmm. then you wake up like three days later and or two days later or whatever it was, and he had passed. So yeah. 95 is a, 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 good, a good ride. Exactly. Well, and I think, you know, it, from from my, 95. you know, armchair quarterback position, he seemed to have lived a good life, but, Absolutely. What, yeah. like, think of what he went through, you know, in the war and after and yeah. becoming bishop and then... Uh, so long at Congregation for Doctrine of the Faith, and then I, I think reluctantly becoming Pope. I don't think he was really he seeking that. He did not want <laughs> he it. Was he was trying to retire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some retirement, right? Yeah. And such a, a humble, humble man then to be able I, to step down like he did. I, I'm, I'm by far an expert on this, but I, the little bit I know about his writings that I always think about and go to, especially with what I do, he was a big person about the truth and mm-hmm. about uh, the importance of trying to find the truth and live by it. And not to be uh, distracted by cultural relativism and what feels good and best for me and my ego. And, and that's, mm-hmm. I think, what, in, in a phrase or two, what Pope Benedict meant to yeah. Western Europe and the world. And, and he was, yeah, it's, 
it's sad, but he's in a better place. Well, for sure. And I, I heard somebody describe him as the defender of orthodoxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's a rare find Truth. these days. Yeah. No, we can, if we can do that, we'd be a lot better off. Mm -hmm. I find that all the time. We just delude ourselves with the latest and greatest. Right. But, yeah, that's what we're called to do. We're called to say, so we'll keep doing it. And uh, let, uh, we, 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 we have to work at that, but mm -hmm. um, we do the best we can. And there's only so much you can do. And then after that, you just hope for uh, this, the mustard seed to, to, to grow. For sure, mm -hmm. for sure. And of course, we all should, we should still pray for his soul because nothing's guaranteed. True. Um, so if everybody listening would be sure that you say a prayer real quick for uh, for the repose of the soul of uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, Archbishop, and Pope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of titles. Yes, he did have a lot of titles. Okay, so let's get down to business here. Sure. Um, as we said, it's a new year, new things going on in Illinois. Um, we are starting the lame duck session. Yeah, in a couple hours. Right. Yeah, today's the third, uh, and uh, this airs tomorrow, the fourth. So yes, it will be underway in yes. twenty-four hours. Yes. Yep. Yes. So what does that mean, just real quickly? Well, lame duck session for everybody who is paying attention and who wasn't paying attention in fifth grade means that um, this is the session that is the current legislature. Uh, in November, there was this little event. There was an election, mm -hmm. but those individuals don't take their new offices until January eleventh. And so sometimes what they do is they have these lame duck sessions, meaning that some people lost or didn't run again. And so they sort of are at, you know, maybe not as accountable to the voters as they once were. So the thinking is that they can pass some measures that maybe they're not going to be able to do next year, or maybe they just want to get out of way for this year, or maybe there's things that were left over from last year. They just didn't get time to do it. So we're going to start tomorrow, and mm -hmm. it'll be the lame duck legislature. And there's a lot of items on the docket. There's like in, in the Catholic conferences, four major issues that we are tracking or involved with or may not be involved with, depending on how things go. So yeah, it's going to be very busy, or they won't get to them. So we don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Okay. As it always is. Sure. So I think in the second half of the show, we'll get more into all of that that's coming up or things yeah, we're concerned about. Yeah, with regard about. to the abortion issues, mm -hmm. correct. So, but for this part of the show, I think what we should talk about is the um, impending physician-assisted suicide that could be coming right. to Illinois. Um, so why don't you get started on yeah. what we're worried about there, and we can just kind of talk about that. Sure. Um, so... I think most listeners know that uh, other states have been um, enacting legislation or debating legislation mm -hmm. uh, that would uh, change the law, thus would allow a, a physician, a doctor, to prescribe pills that would uh, allow them to, quote-unquote, peacefully end their lives. Um, it, it started off by being called assisted suicide in the 80s under Jack Kevorkian. Uh, then uh, that was brought by the Hemlock Society. Then it kind of transitioned to um, better language on their behalf. Um, now these groups called Compassion and Choices mm -hmm. are behind these proposals. And uh, yeah, so it let people to end their lives under the guise of that, that they are experiencing pain or they're a burden to their relatives. So they just don't think life's worth living anymore. So they would like the ability to end their lives peacefully uh, with their loved ones and neighbors surrounding them. Um, and th it's now described as MAID. M-A-I-D stands for Medical Assistance in Dying. Um, or Medical Aid in Dying. Medical Aid in Dying, yeah. 
And uh, it's interesting because, you know, those are sort of oxymoronic terms there. But anyway. Um, right. Yeah. What, what uh, happened to the, the oath to, to do no harm? Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so, unfortunately, we've seen these uh, initiatives pass in, I think it's like seven or eight states across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's been done by the judiciary. Sometimes it's done by the legislature. Sometimes there's been a, uh, an amendment that has been voted on. But it, it, I, I think... If that sounds daunting, seven or eight states have passed. It's actually it. eleven, including DC. Is it now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever. I think it's even more important to point out, though, that the number of states who have been debating this for quite a while and who have not done it—it's significant, right? Very significant. Uh, many states have been debating this and been turning it down for various reasons, and they just don't want to go down that slippery slope or whatever uh, the argument has been that has prevailed. So it hasn't passed in a lot of states too. And so, but we think, and we don't know this, so perhaps uh, there won't be legislation um, that will be introduced next year. But we hear a lot of rumors that there will be a bill put forth that would allow such the, the maid to, to be in Illinois state law. Um, I, I think it also underscores the need to talk about, or at least mention, that um, years ago, uh, the Catholic Conference and, and the church in general was very involved with urging encouraging people who at any stage of life to provide for what they call like advanced directives right um health power of attorneys so start thinking about these issues now on how you would like to be treated in case of the event that you are incapacitated at some level and what kind of care and who would direct those health care decisions for you because all these things sort of go uh, hand in hand so i would encourage people to take a look at the document we put out it's on our website catholicconferenceofillinois.org uh, it's under the advanced directive. So, so all these things are important about end-of-life issues. And as the baby boomer generation is getting older, these things are going to become more uh, I mean, obvious. I mean, many of us, myself included, are, are dealing with aging parents who yeah. are experiencing issues. They're slowing down. Um, they may not be as healthy as they used to be. So um, it, it is tempting to look at uh, an individual who's at the end of life who honestly is maybe not as productive as they used to be and and you know, some people, some people may just look at that and say, you know what, it's easier if grandma just took these pills and then, you know, just slept in them, she's done. And that way I don't have to deal with yeah. it and my family's not burdened and she's not a burden on anybody. And so it's just, it's just quite frankly more convenient. And it's tempting because taking care of a loved one who's elderly is not easy. It's very d- difficult. Um, it, it, urges, it underscores the need for more assistance for people who are caretakers Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, um, yeah, all this is kind of going on now in the culture. That's kind of the slippery slope because we we go from assisted suicide and we step into euthanasia. That's what we're doing. But but I think that that's probably the next step, unfortunately, because a lot of what we're seeing um, is that, you know, there's there's too much danger out of somebody – not being in their own mind yep. um, and having these drugs around and maybe the wrong person is, is caring for them and they might just be tempted to give it to them. Anyway. Elder abuse is real. Yes. Uh, financial exploitation, other types of exploitation, it goes on. Talk to people who are involved in, these, in this field and they will tell you. If assisted suicide is an option, no one can convince me that 
this is going to even exacerbate and get worse mm-hmm. in terms of it, it just taking care of the elderly. It's the easy way out. Right. Um, and it's, it's more difficult, uh, but it's much easier to do those sort of things. Uh, and that's the slippery slope argument. I, I think there's a strong slippery slope argument when it comes to physician-assisted suicide about what it does to people, the enticements. Where are the incentives here? Mm-hmm. The incentives could be um, on death and not life because it's, could be more difficult to do some things to, to, to help an individual who is not able to care for themselves. Sure, sure. So a, a lot of the things they talk about is, you know, why would somebody want this this as an option? And one of the things is they call it an option. Yep. It, the proponents say it's an option. It's, yep. it's not something that we're insisting on. We're yeah. just saying you should have a choice in the right. matter. Right. Um, but when you start to think about that choice, I mean, you know, you always have a choice of Killing yourself, right? Uh, unfortunately, um, you do. But yeah. why, why should somebody help you with that? Yeah. Why should they, we say, well, now a doctor's going to prescribe something to make it easy for yep. you? Yep. There's a couple reasons. There's a pragmatic reason in that um, by making this an option, it's now an option to everybody. Yeah. And so everybody means people who are not necessarily maybe they're not really at the end of life and maybe they're not dying. Maybe they have some other type of, of issue they're dealing with. Uh, for example, depression. Uh, depression is something that many people experience. If this is an option, somebody who's depressed may see this as an attractive option. When there's no real need, there's plenty of other treatments available to individuals experiencing a lot of these ailments that people usually cite mm-hmm. as, as, as reasons to, to kill themselves. So it's a slippery slope in that you're, you're, the option now becomes an, an, an enticement. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would really encourage people to think about is for people that are uh, the operators and the administrators of the medical system and that insurance industry, by making assisted suicide an option, what's the incentive? I hate to be crass like this, but if you're an insurance company and it's going to cost X number of dollars to treat depression or to treat anorexia, which is something that has been now cited as a reason for this, or mental illness, yeah. or a physical illness that that is costly. There's no doubt about it. It's going to cost a lot of money. What's the incentive to provide those treatments compared to the pills that cost a negligible amount of money, probably mm-hmm. less than I have in my pocket right now, and I don't have much money in my pocket right now. Sure. Um, I mean, you're talking about a very small sum of So you put all the incentives in the wrong place by, by just, this is just an option. Well, it's an option for whom? Right somebody who's powerful or somebody who's weak and vulnerable. And I think that's the problem we have with this is that we see the weak and vulnerable as a priority in this. People are disabled. The dis- disability community is very active in, in making sure this doesn't pass because they know, guess, who's, guess who is most vulnerable? Them. Right. Sure. They have the least ability to, to defend themselves and they're concerned that this could be used to, to perhaps harm, right. kill mm-hmm. some members of their fellow com- of their community. Okay. So it's break time. <laughs> we could talk about this all day, and, mm-hmm. we, and we will for another 15 minutes or so. But um, hang with us through the break, and we'll talk some more about this uh, impending matter.
Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth and when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives you are molding lives shape the next generation of leaders teach Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day, knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program and podcast of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You're listening to Dawn Fitzpatrick, and my co-host today is Bob Gilligan from Catholic Conference. And we were just in a discussion about uh, physician-assisted suicide, also known as medical aid in dying, mm-hmm. but Maid. that's kind of a soft way to put it, medical aid in dying, right? It's um, it's it's Maid. helping people to, <laughs> to kill themselves is really what we're talking that's about. Such a um, and we're unfortunately afraid that it might be coming to Illinois mm-hmm. um, in the near future, or at least legislation that would be, um, you know, suggesting that we should make this legal would be coming soon. It's legal currently in 11 jurisdictions in the United States and has been proposed in many states. Uh, fortunately, a lot of the states have fought it off. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they will keep it off away forever because the Compassion and Choices Group, 
actually are they're like bulldogs they just keep coming yeah they have a lot of money a lot of resources behind them unfortunately right which i'll right. never understand that but whatever well and it's funny that they call themselves compassion and choices because they want to t- t- you know tug on your heartstrings yep. and make you think they're the good guys that's right um and suffering yes but but the interesting thing is they used to be called the hemlock society that's their origins right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which tells you exactly what they're about hemlock compassion yeah, yeah. i know they had, they had to they had to change their image a yeah little it bit. wasn't good for branding right no but they've certainly been a little a bit more successful since they changed sure. their name unfortunately so. sure Anyway, we were just talking about a little bit about some of the problems with um, physician-assisted suicide. Maybe we can spend a little yeah. more time on that. You were suggesting that it would be um, a way of targeting the disabled community, certainly. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the other thing, too, Don, we talk about this, the, the people who are disabled, very, they're very active on this. Um, and, and, you know, they have challenges when you see them I and mean, they're you know wheelchair yeah. bound they're sometimes they're not they're very difficult to understand uh they're very vulnerable mm-hmm. they, they're they're not you know obviously wealthy they're relying on the medical system mm-hmm. uh dependent on it many times because they can't earn you know money per se as 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 a as a person who is not in that situation so yeah they're extremely vulnerable mm-hmm. and i i think there's there's other things, even the mechanics of how this works is yes. that, you know, they prescribe these pills, uh, a doctor, they have doctors that will, you know, validate your your, your terminal illness or whatever it is. Um, and by the way, I should add, uh, how many times have we heard a terminal illness is not exactly accurate? Right. Have we all ever heard the like, oh, you know, he or she's oh, she got has six months to live and, and then they live five years, years later, longer. Right. Yeah. Uh, that happened to uh, Ted Kennedy, uh, who, interestingly enough, in Massachusetts is one of the states that did not pass this. And one of the reasons they did it, pass it the first time is because Joan Kennedy, his wife, wrote a letter and said, you know, my husband was diagnosed with a terminal illness, Ted Kennedy. He lived his whole legislative career to see universal health care passed. Um, and he would never have lived to see an Obamacare pass if he had acted on a terminal illness and he lived all those years to see his dream come true so these things happen all the time terminal illness is not necessarily accurate and 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 it's so far and then they give you these pills and you don't have to take them right away you can sit them you can put them in your house they can sit in your medical whatever you could put them anywhere right uh and then somebody else's letter you could uh, they could be around children Mm -hmm. Uh, when you take them a doctor is not present uh nobody could be present other people could be present. So there's a lot of things in this that really cause people to take pause about just the mechanics of how it could be done. Sure. Well, and I think it, it's important to understand, too, that they kind of make it sound like, oh, you're going to have a peaceful death. Right. You'll just take a pill and you'll go to sleep and everything will be beautiful. Where originally it was like 100 pills. It wasn't right. just one pill. For years. Uh, and that got to the point where there were there were so many issues with somebody taking all those pills um, that they figured out a way to make it into like a slurry. Mm-hmm. So they crushed them up and you put them in like lemonade or you put it in like applesauce. Yeah. But still, it was difficult. And you only had a, a, a short window of time to consume all you had to before you fell asleep. And then what happens if you don't take enough? 
you know. So that, that was an issue. So now they're saying, well, there's, they're still experimenting with this, which is important to understand. There's no FDA-approved way to do this. <laughs> yourself. Um, yeah. So they're experimenting with what is the, the cocktail that, that's uh, desired. Yeah. Um, and right now it's some kind of a liquid that they are prescribing. But it's, it's, it's lethal. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just, you know, you're going to get some medication. This is lethal drugs that are designed to kill you Um, and the problems with what they're finding now is either you can't you can't take it fast enough or you take it and you don't die for like three days Mm. so it's not just go to sleep and you're done yeah it's it's not a very pleasant thing to think about um, at all and and the thing is it's state it's state sanctioned Mm -hmm. you know it's all state by the state that they would allow this option uh to take place you know I was, I had this thought, you know, it's, it's Christmas time is we're still in the Christmas season and, you know, you always watch It's a Wonderful Life, you yeah. know, and, and the story of Jimmy Stewart, you know, and Clarence the angel, he jumps in and, and Clarence tries to save him. It, it, assisted suicide is this, um, somebody's standing at the top of a bridge and they're going to jump right. and you're there. What's your impulse? You want to pull them back. Go up there and talk them out of it. You're going to talk them out yeah. of it, right? So why is the state standing behind them? providing this option and nudge them off the bridge. It makes, it's just really, it's sad to think that's what the states, 11 states have done. They provided this nudge, this option. As I said before the break, a financial incentive for some healthcare and insurance interests. Um, It's flawed with a lot of technical things, as you just pointed out, the pills and the potential pain of them. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing we, we have to talk about is we've seen this, over and over and over again, we saw this with marijuana, with with, with anything, uh, alcohol. Uh, when the state approves it, it does give the public the green light to do it. Yeah, and we've seen in states, in particular in Oregon, where this has been enacted for years. Look, I, I think people don't understand this point. If you understand nothing else, suicide is a huge problem in yeah. this country. It is a tragedy. The number of suicides is extremely high. I think last year there were fifty-something thousand suicides. There's only I don't any death is bad. Homicides. Everybody thinks murders are so important. There was like fifteen thousand, twenty thousand murders, which is all sad and tragic. But suicide is a big problem in this country. You enact assisted suicide, are you going to get more or less? suicide you're going to get a lot more and it's been proven in oregon and other states that have done this there's there's a contagion here Mm -hmm. that once again the state's saying it's okay so people pick up on that cue and they're so this is something especially with veterans uh the vulnerable the the the, the disenfranchised this should not be an option for people there's many areas we've just talked about if the state wants to change things they could do so uh, all these things we're talking about, the incentives are all in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a deleterious effect on people's mental health yes. and, and ability to get care and treatment. So that's where the state should put their energy. Not not this. This is the cheap way out. It is. Um, I mean, it was sh- it's been shown that in California, there's a doctor who talked about um, a couple of different patients he had that one of them he wanted, they weren't dying for from their cancer, but he wanted this treatment that was going to be very expensive. And the uh, insurance company sent him a letter and said, we're not approving yeah. that yeah. life-saving treatment, but here, you can give her a physician-assisted suicide. The guy from Nevada, 
McAllister. Right. McAllister. Right. And they, he also had a case where he wanted to um, take a patient to another state to get a treatment, and they didn't approve that, but they wanted to give him physician-assisted suicide. And these are real-life examples mm-hmm. of what's going on today, even if it's in 11 states, and no, it's not California, relatively well, it's small. 11 yeah. jurisdictions, because one of them is Washington, D.C. But Yeah, so yeah. just thinking and, and on a state like Illinois with uh, 12 million people, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's frightening, and and you know we we don't we, we have not talked about this in terms of you know Catholic teaching or morality or anything like this. But something that's particularly I do think relevant to the conversation is the potential impact this could have on rights of conscience of people in the healthcare yes. industry. Yes, um, hospitals, doctors, nurses, um, are they going to have to participate in this? Uh, do they know, have to give it as an option because it's now an option? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So there are other issues related to uh, our particularly Catholic interests um, that need to be brought to light here. And and I know what they're going to say. Oh, that's not a problem. That's never going to happen. Well, we've heard that before. Yeah. And how many regulations are we fighting well, at the federal and state level on abortion, sure. gender-affirming care, all that other stuff? Well, and one of the things that's specific to physician-assisted suicide in, in the state of Washington, there were all kinds of safeguards you know, put in place as far as like you have to be um, over 18, you have to have six months, you have to have three doctors sign off on it. Now these are considered barriers. Right. And they've actually put in legislation to remove barriers to physician-assisted suicide, what used to be considered safeguards. People listen to this, they should look at what's going on in Canada, Mm because what's going on in Canada is wild right now. And there's a lot of people in Canada starting to say, whoa, we've gone too far. There are people who are homeless who are getting evicted from their housing who they don't want to take the time, energy, and effort to get another home or they just think it's too burdensome, it's too, uh, too bureaucratic in dealing with the, the, the government in Canada. And so they're opting for for, for physician-assisted suicide pills. I mean, there's stories these, these out of Canada are, don't are even have crazy. An illness. They don't even have an illness yet. Yeah. They, they, uh, Canada has a b- epidemic going on right now, and they know it. And I think you're going to see in Canada them start and put some of these safeguards back on because it's becoming – I, th- I forgot the statistic, but I think like 5% of all deaths or something like that are now f- due to made uh, medical it, – it's very high. And because well, and these safeguards, as you indicated, have become barriers and they've yes. taken them off. Well, and in the Netherlands, they're actually giving physician-assisted suicide to children, which is just euthanasia is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, – we started talking about Pope Benedict, right? Yeah. Um, and we've once again now uh, run from the truth, and now we're into relativism, and mm-hmm. we're into seeing what can, you know, whatever you want to s- help you deal with your issue. And, and as a society, I think we have an obligation to fix what's causing these ailments. Mm-hmm. Um, depression is treatable. Anorexia is treatable. A lot of these health issues are, are treatable. Um, and we, sh- as a society, should step up and treat them as opposed to giving people a- an incentive to, to end their life, right. which is just foolish. This is, this is true. Um, okay, well, it's time for us to take our halfway break. And when we come back, uh, Bob and I are going to talk about some of the other potential legislative issues coming up in this year. Stick with us. I believe I overcome By the power of his blood Amen
Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I can't imagine myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Fully Alive. Thanks for hanging with us through the through the halfway mark. Um, we I am talking with Bob Gilligan this morning about issues in Illinois, legislative stuff, um, and we're also looking at a little hope, right? Right. Those so, hope. Yes. So, one of the hopeful things we'd like to offer you um, in response to the discussion we just about wrapped up is that we're offering a workshop um, on physician-assisted suicide that can help make you aware, give you some options, give you some action steps. Um, and then we're going to be holding that in three different times, on the 26th and the 30th of January and February 2nd. If you're interested in being a part of that, it's probably about an hour and a half on like a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob and I will be hosting that. And you can sign up through Bob's website, which is Ill- what Illinois Catholic? ilcatholic.org. Il-catholic. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to respectlifechicago.org. I don't have it posted there yet, but we will. We don't either. That's today and tomorrow's assignment. Yes. Okay. It'll and then up. we'll be sending out emails about it yeah. as well. I, I, I anticipate you'll be hearing, you know, we'll, we'll do it a number of different times to get people interested in. Mm-hmm. in to, and I'd really encourage, um, you know, we, we kind of jump through these topics sort of quickly, but basically, 
we've hit the, the highlights of the issue that people need to know, but we'll go into it a little bit more in depth. Mm -hmm. um, Don's got an excellent presentation with some videos that we can throw in there. Um, so I think at the end of the hour and a half, uh, the goal is that the participant will feel knowledgeable enough mm -hmm. about the topic, uh, will point you in the direction of further resources. Mm -hmm. um, there is a website already called StopAssistedSuicideIllinois.org. We'll point you there. There's plenty of resources there. That I think after the webinar and after going to that website, I think you'll be comfortable talking about it, you know, to other people. And um, hopefully what that will uh, produce is uh, people being comfortable calling the lawmaker or setting up meetings and that kind of thing and talking about this issue. Um, not, not from a Catholic perspective, but from uh, just a factual faith and reason yeah. standpoint. Of yeah. course, of course. Yeah. So, and, and, I, and I, think, I think it's, it's important that we discuss all of the policy issues. Yes. Um, it, I mean, we all, uh, I think if you're listening to us or watching us, you're probably a faith-filled person. <laughs> right. But, but this isn't a, this, uh, although we know it's morally wrong, that's not going to win us anything no, on this. Um, yeah. So it's important for us to understand the mechanics of yeah, it and understand exactly. the, mm -hmm. the, the issues with it and how we're really going to be targeting people um, that don't need targeting. Of course, no one needs targeting. But, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think approaching it from sort of a, like you said, you know, a, a reason-based policy mm -hmm. argument about why this is not a good idea. Why is that slippery slope yes. so dangerous? Yep. And people will be familiar with that to articulate those, those uh, that perspective in such a way that will be persuasive to others. Right. Okay, so with that in mind, hopefully you all will attend one of yeah. those workshops we're going to, to offer at the end of the month. Um, but let's also talk about some of the other things that we're a little concerned about um, coming up in our sure. legislature. I know um, th these could come up this week in lame duck or maybe later. Right, yes. right. We can't seem to do enough abortion-related legislation in Illinois after all we've been through with the House Bill 40 and paying for this. And then uh, we went through the so-called Re Reproductive Health Care Act couple years ago and, and now it looks like they want to do more uh, after the, the the Dobbs decision so yeah which you would think <laughs> you would think that there's nothing more we could do right everybody I talk to has the same reaction what else could they do what and I answer the question here's the answer um, so so here's here's what's going on I think uh, you know uh, Illinois is, is surrounded by states that have fairly strong uh, abortion laws um, or they did and they've been joined, but they still are kind of in effect. So we're surrounded by really strong uh, states that protect the unborn. Unfortunately, here we do not. Right. Um, and so what's happening is everybody knows a lot of people are coming to Illinois for abortions. And guess what? That's having an effect on uh, the individuals who provide them. They're, they are very busy. They can't accommodate the demand, unfortunately. And so what they want to do is under the existing laws, uh, they feel constrained. And they want to be able to meet that demand uh, because, interestingly, I, 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 and by the way, we have no language to share with you today. This has all been, I'm there all the time. There's, there's nothing as of the taping of the show, which is on the 3rd at yeah. about 11 o'clock. So maybe we'll find out something tomorrow. Maybe we won't. So w what, what we hear they're most likely to do is um, because, I guess, many doctors will not perform abortions in the numbers that they used to, they need more people who might be able to do that. So right now the law, it allows advanced practitioner nurses and uh, physician assistants to do abortion care, 
but that doesn't mean they can do surgical. Mm. And apparently that's where the demand is. And there's a need that they expand the number of individuals that can perform this this process. And so what they want to do is change the law to allow those individuals to perform first trimester abortions, uh, those individuals being physician assistants and advanced practitioner nurses that are highly educated and highly trained, but they just can't do that in the law right now. There's, there's a discrepancy. So that's one thing that they're talking about doing. Obviously, that brings up a host of issues. Of course that it I, does. <coughs> I think they haven't figured out how they're going to handle all those issues. Um, well, and it doesn't seem, seem to me that they don't, they don't want anybody to think this is serious medical surgery. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if, I, if you normally need a highly trained, specialized doctor. Where else do we do this? Yeah. What, so why is this good for women? <laughs> it's not. I, I and they're supposedly think it trying to make everything better for women. But now we're going to allow lesser trained people to perform major surgery on a woman. And mind you, this is on top of the rehabilitate. Reproductive Health Care Act yes. that also lessens state licensing requirements for the very facilities in which some abortions are conducted. So yeah, it's well, not good for women. There's no licensing requirements now. They they don't have to be inspected. I mean, they could be by the county or the city. That that that's possible, mm-hmm. but by the state, no. The, the state's not required to do that. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they they inspect restaurants regularly because they don't want us to get, have health conditions. Right. They can come and up. And they will close you down if there's uh, the least bit of issues if over one citation. But, yeah, I, I, you know, and, and in Illinois, they have done that in the past. They have closed down temporarily. Uh, they did that one in Rockford uh, for health safety violations, but that was years ago. So mm-hmm. that, that is no longer a problem if under the state rubric. So, yeah, it, it's – so this is – you're right. I, I – I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's what they say they're going to do. The other one that, under the description you just made, uh, is this really good for women, is apparently, because now there's really a lot of flux about states that allow abortions, don't allow abortions, that this is what we've heard, that um, for doctors who have had their license suspended in states where abortion is illegal, they cannot do it anymore, they could come to Illinois to perform abortions here, although in the and they state, don't have a license to be a doctor anymore. They have a license to be a doctor, but their license has been suspended for that specific purpose. So they want to change the law to say that that transgression, whatever you want to call it, doesn't apply to law here. So you can come here and do your abortions here. Oh. Once again, this is this is all because they need to meet demand because there's a lot of people coming here, especially across the border, like but, by Granite City in southern Illinois. But let's think about this. So we have a doctor who his right to perform an abortion in one state was removed for whatever reason. Right. It could be that he was performing them illegally. It could be that he or she was doing things in the wrong conditions, could be have been doing horrible situations. Maybe they allowed people to die on their watch. I mean, it could be anything, right? But now they're going to come to Illinois and they're going to be given a, a certain a license all of a sudden um, to perform abortions. And we don't know why they lost their license in the first place. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair... We have that could all be accommodated in whatever they're going to produce in terms of draft language. So we don't know. Yeah. Um, but there seems to be this notion that if doctors have licenses in Illinois and other states, 
they're duly licensed that if something happens in one state that they can still do it here. Mm-hmm. I, I Maybe that's happened to somebody. I don't know. Uh, but once again, it's all under the premise that they need to do something to meet this increasing demand that we keep hearing about because mm-hmm. apparently people are coming here. Um, yeah, know, it just, I, it just sounds like there's a whole, whole lot of loopholes that could be there. It is, and 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 I and like when I was in Springfield last, uh, in talking to some other individuals, it was clear to me that you know all I kept hearing is they just don't have their act together yet. They don't know exactly how they're going to do this. So I mean, there's a lot of time. They had time to put this together. So by mm-hmm. the time we get back there tomorrow, maybe they will have worked out the issues that you identified, mm-hmm. such that you know they could assure the public at some level that there's not person that did something pernicious and right. wrong and evil right. because it seems very odd but yeah. and i don't know if other states have this type of license or I, we haven't had a chance to really look into it so it's just a concept that's out there floating around right yeah. and you don't, like you said you don't haven't seen anything in writing no yet, we so. haven't and yeah. uh, and they're not going to share it to us until they're done sure. so we're going to know about it probably an hour or two before a hearing okay so it's um time for us to take a break but when we come back there's two other issues there are two more yes. two more topics that we want to talk about We want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. (laughs) Right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun, and they get it. I see that light bulb go off, and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? What? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. (laughs) I love what I do. Every summer, I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. (laughs) Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. 
you'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. Welcome back to the last portion of Fully Alive, the radio program and podcast of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. Um, you're listening to Dawn and Bob. It's the Dawn and Bob Show. Yeah. And we are talking about um, impending legislation or things that you're a little concerned about might yeah, be coming up this mm-hmm. year. Yep. Could happen today or tomorrow, or it could happen any time between now and May, right? Right. So, yeah. That's probably what we're looking at. Yeah. yeah. So we were just talking about some of the the the, the new uh, laws or things they want to make legal in mm-hmm. the abortion realm. And you said there's still two more that you wanted to discuss. Yeah. Once again, going to that supply-demand kind of relationship here. Now we're going to drive up demand even more because the other <laughs> rumor is that they want to appropriate money uh, to allow people from other states to come to Illinois for their abortion, which, which I is just happening don't, already. I just don't understand. What's, what's the incentive to Illinois to pay somebody to come and have an abortion here? I mean— I have no idea. I, you know, this one I, I keep scratching my head about because well, California should. is doing the same thing. Yeah, you should because I, I don't know. Is this good for hotels and other people? And I mean, this is this is just for lun- well, lunacy. They yeah. are kind of making it like you know those those commercials that say "Come to our state." So now it's "Come see a show, have dinner, have an abortion." It, I mean, it is so preposterous and 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 just. Uh, I don't I can't think of a word vulgar that that yeah that's 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 what we hear though that they would appropriate money to allow to pay for and and by the way there are private organizations that already do this um but yeah for some reason they think we have to save what women's health care rights yeah. but this isn't yeah this isn't even about any any rights it's just about expanding this to to ludicrousy really yeah. and and, and, yeah, but it, it does unfortunately underscore another point that's 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 related to this is like I hate to say this but it's true but hey you get what you vote for you know um, we voted for all those people won a fair and square election in Illinois I didn't vote for it. and yeah so this is the product of what you have with uh, a media that is and a lot of money mm-hmm. and um, and not enough good people to get involved or just walk away from this and say this is unwinnable or just we can't do this anymore. And, um, yeah, that's what that's what happens. So uh, it's true. Yeah. You know, and it's it's bad enough that, you know, private companies are now making this a benefit. They or, are. Or right. offering people money to go to a different state to get their abortion. or You know, that's bad enough. But, but I don't have to purchase things from those companies. Yeah, I exactly. don't have to. Um, yeah. work for those companies, but if it's my tax dollars, it's yeah. forced. Right. And, and, and I, 
I think there's they're already doing this, by mm-hmm. the way. I, I do think there's ways under the existing House Bill 40 that passed yeah. uh, that allows for uh, people who live in Illinois to have their abortions funded by Medicaid. I believe there's ways to do it for people from out of state and to do that. I, I do think there's ways. I think they want to clean that up and make it just a little easier administratively because mm-hmm. I think that's probably what they're going to say is, hey, we're already doing this. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's assumed, though. If somebody just walks into an abortion clinic and, and they say, I can't afford... To, ha- to pay for this, it's assumed that they need the Medicaid and they just give it to them. That's right. It's called presumptive eligibility. They mm-hmm. do that. Uh, it, I mean, I think the classic example is if you're you know, sick or you, you're in, injured in a trauma, mm-hmm. uh, you show up at a hospital and you don't have insurance, they're going to treat you. Then they're going to worry about the insurance part later. So you're, sure. they call it you're presumptively eligible for Medicaid if you don't have insurance. And then they figure it out later. I, I, I would anticipate this is exactly what they're doing with, with, with abortions, that they well, – they know what the right answers to say uh, to educate people such that they make them eligible. And I'd, I'd be willing to bet they're having some problems and they need to address those so they can make it clear that that you can have your abortion. Right. I don't know that. I don't know that. But I suspect that's what's going mm. on. Well, and also there's the fact that, um, you know, we repealed the Parental Notification Act last year. Correct. So now we have children getting abortions and their parents don't even have to know and they might be brought in state now right right, from somewhere else and maybe somehow or another if this money passes to just bring people here we're going to be paying people to traffic children into our state for abortions i mean that's it's not hard to make that leap you know um we have a huge cultural problem uh the challenge for us is to demonstrate why just abortion is not good for women, men, or anybody in society. And unfortunately, right now, um, I think the pendulum swung in our state, and they have the language, uh, and they have the political power, and so these are going to be some some challenging years ahead to change the culture such that people fully understand that this is not (laughs) the best for uh, uh, by the way, not to mention the unborn child, too. So Right. (laughs) Right. Which is really what it's all about, but yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's very frustrating time right now. Um, we're going through it. California's going through it. New York, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, it's these are tough times right now. Okay, so with all that in mind, I know there's a, there's just a lot of potential horrible things that could mm-hmm. be made legal, like they aren't already, many of them. But um, we really have, you know, as a Catholic church, we really have a lot of great options for people. That it, we I don't, do. And I don't think our options are pronounced loudly enough no, anywhere. No. But we really take care of people. I know. And, 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 and like I say, the challenge for us is how do we get that out there? Right. And how do we really convince the culture that choosing life is, is, is the option? Mm-hmm. And by the way, here's how you can be aided and helped in doing so. Like you said, I mean, you guys are work, working on the Walking with Moms in Need program. Right. Uh, there are numerous examples of Catholic charities and Catholic hospitals that have programs that help people in need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people who are in, in what they see, may seem to be is a difficult situation, it's not. We, it, we can help you with those things. Yeah. That's all uh, able to be addressed and, and not to go down that option that's going to stay with you forever because there are right. emotional barriers there, to there are and i mean i i run physical the, you know project rachel you, here in the archdiocese of chicago time. and i'm always hearing from women who are in despair yep. because of an abortion decision that they made whether it was last week or mm-hmm. 50 years ago mm-hmm. you know sometimes i'm talking to people sometimes who are at the end of their life and realizing how 
mm-hmm. disturbed they've been for so many years, and it's all went back to that abortion decision. Yeah. Why are we celebrating this right. under the right. moniker of choice? It's ridiculous. It's it's horrible. Um, I mean, people people we've got to stop telling women that they can't do life with a child. I mean, that's yeah. basically what we're telling women. Right. We say your life is over if you have this child. You have to have an abortion. That is couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, we have so many examples of women who chose life and were very grateful that they chose life and their children grow up to do you know wonderful wonderful things things. you just don't know i mean why why yeah it's it's so limiting if you end the life of your unborn child how many generations are you cutting off uh yeah (laughs) yeah exactly innumerable and and the potential there is phenomenal Mm -hmm. but you know that doesn't even speak to the fact that we just know life is sacred. Yeah. It's not even your potential that, that's important. It's just that you're alive. Well, because this God thing right here was invented you. by a guy, uh, Stephen Jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a lot to do with the iPhone and Apple. And, you know, when, when his mother was pregnant with him, she was urged to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. So he lived. And it, it, you, could, you could make an argument Stephen Jobs changed the world. Oh, yeah, uh, for and, sure. And there's many. Uh, the, you know, Tim Tebow, the guy who played football, his mom was told, you know, uh, you may want to consider this mm-hmm. kid is not going to be that healthy. Well, he won the Heisman Trophy and he played professional football, so did better than most of us. So, yeah, it is. it is. It's really sad when you take a step back to think about the incentives being in the wrong place once again. But that's what we're called to do, like you said, p- people of hope as we started. And uh, we have a great story to tell. We do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I think it's important that we also realize, um, as good Catholics, we are called to stand up in the public square and pronounce the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, people think that that they have to be quiet about their faith and they have to keep it to themselves. But look what's happened to the world because people are keeping their faith to themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many people, uh, um, that's what happens when good men stand idle. Uh, yes. Burke said. So, yeah, you're right. And um, it's not that complicated. And we do have a good story. I, I think people just don't feel comfortable, though, mm-hmm. talking about it. They just don't know where to go because that individual uh, libertarian streak in America, you know, um, we talked about with, with assisted suicide. It's just an option. You're not mandating people do it. You know, it's, it's that kind of ethic is really Americans need to get better at espousing that what's best for you as not only an individual but a society we're not doing that well right now we've taken that that the easy way out on too many issues that like oh well it doesn't bother me i can't deny that person or this group of people and that's that's exactly the opposite of what benedict was saying Mm -hmm. And, uh, and what we've been taught as Catholics is that, yes. no, we're here to espouse the common good, which is what makes you the person you are today. Right. Life, family, bare necessities, mm-hmm. housing, food, shelter. And that's what we're advocating for that's in true. all the things we do. Well, and the fact that we have a Catholic conference of Illinois shows that the church knows we need to be talking the truth. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and, and we have a Catholic conference in every state. Mm-hmm. because And the bishops have their own representatives mm-hmm. you know, at the USCCB. So yeah. it's, it's important that we, we always talk about the truth. Right. And just because we don't win doesn't mean you don't keep do- talking about it. I right. mean, you just, that's what Christ did, and a lot of people didn't pay attention to him, too. Right. 
All right. Well, I think we have just about run out of time here. So let's keep in mind, everyone, that there are workshops coming up on the 26th and the 30th and February 2nd, where you can learn more about physician-assisted suicide and what you can do about it. And Bob and I will be um, the co-host the co-host of those workshops. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that you'll all join us. And we hope to see you next month on the Fully Alive radio program. God bless you, everyone. Happy Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.